Welcome to the Warm Down Podcast, episode three. Um, I'm with P and Remy. Today's episode is going to focus on uh, the end of the season. We're going to discuss about the results and the final table. And then we're going to go and talk about the team of the season, player of the season, young player of the season, manager of the season. And also to end things, we're going to discuss about the rest of Europe, whether in the top five leagues in Italy, France and Spain, who, who occupied those top four positions and got into the Champions League. But first, we're going to have a look at the final games, how it ended and what the score was, giving you a rundown. So we're going to look at the, the last fixtures of the games, how it, how it ended. Got Arsenal at home, comfortably beating Brighton 2-0. At Villa Park, Aston Villa beat Chelsea 2-1. Fulham lost to Newcastle 2-0. Leeds capping off a brilliant season, winning 3-1 at West Brom. Leicester, topsy-turvy game against Tottenham, ending 4-2 to Spurs. Liverpool winning 2-0 comfortably against Crystal Palace. And a bit of a demolition job with Man City, destroying Everton 5-0 at Etihad Stadium. And Sheffield United capping off uh, an awful season, winning against Burnley. West Ham, comfortable winners against Southampton. And Wolves losing to Manchester United on the last day of the season at Molyneux 2-1. First, we're going to discuss who occupied the Champions League places. The champions being Man City. Uh, Runners-up were Manchester United. Uh, Liverpool managed to squeeze in there at third and occupying the last position was Chelsea in fourth position. Um, best place to start with Man City being champions. What's your thoughts, P, on, on Man City again winning the championship and Guardiola winning another trophy with uh, Man City? Well, uh, I won't keep it too long. I'll try and keep it as brief as possible in regards to City. And that's just simply for the fact that it is very much expected of the club. The resources that they have, the players that they have, the manager that they have. They should always be in the top four in this league. It's been a good campaign for them in uh, the entirety of it. For me, at the end of the day, you don't always get everything you want, but the league title is uh, it's the measure of, in my opinion, how strong your team is. Coming into next year, it's, it's a better focus than looking at a cup campaign and saying, yeah, we won the FA Cup or we won the League Cup or even the Champions League. They're one-off games. When you're in the league and you have to play these teams twice, I mean, you get the best of them uh, the first time. They're always going to come back and try and scuppy your plans the next. So, yeah, credit to City, but it's nothing that's out of the ordinary, to be honest. Uh, Remy? I just want to talk about the season as much. I think we spoke about some of the previous episodes. We know they're champions, well-deserved. I don't think anyone's going to agree with that. It was the last game for Sergio Aguero against um, Everton at home. And he ended it like he started with two goals. Got the winners as well, the, the two final goals, which um, I, I think a lot of people are happy to see that um, him go out that way, just like how he came in. So I just want to speak about him for a bit. I've definitely spoke with you lot about this before. Um, in my eyes, the, the best striker, pure striker that the Premier League has seen, that I've seen personally. People will argue in that bracket you could throw in Shearer as, as, as a finisher, obviously got the Premier League record. Michael Owen, I would put in the same category or type of player. And um, Van Nistelrooy, all great goal scorers, but... Not put Harry Kane, modern day. I, I'd say Harry's more as a, a centre forward. And I know some people might look at, but that's the same thing. But to me, that, that box striker, that guy that, that doesn't really give you much else, he holds up the ball, Plays it off, gets in the box, gets in the areas to finish. Mm-hmm. And I don't think there's anyone better than I've seen than, than Sergio Aguero. If he had played the same amount of games this year in the league, he would have smashed the record, in my opinion. Yeah, and he's just, he's been brilliant from day one until the, the final game. So, yeah, I just want to give him a shout out. And as I said, strong season, we know, as, as City... They started a bit shaky. They they regrouped themselves. They they adjusted without a striker and um, as strong as ever. Do you think um, that Aguero is the best striker of all time in the Premier League based on what you said? Yeah, and I know some people will say, oh, how could you say that confident? I, I just think his finishing ability, the goals that he scored, I just think he puts them in areas where Keepers don't got no chance. That's what he he concentrate. It's like a striker where they teach you concentrate on on the post. You know what I mean? Aim towards the post, and and you're getting it as far away from the goal. He does that. 
his final goal in the league was a header and an unbelievable, unbelievable bullet header. You know what I mean? So, uh, unbelievable guy to watch. His work rate as well. Low centre of gravity, power in his strike, power physically as, as, as a man as well. Yeah, as I said, it's all an opinion, but for, for me, there's not an argument that Sergio Aguero is the best striker. Yeah, I mean, to, I mean, to echo those sentiments that you said about Aguero, I definitely believe he's up there in terms of one of the best strikers in the world, if not the, the, the best that's come out of the, you know, and graced the Premier League. Um, but Man City have done well this season. They've turned it around. Guardiola, for me, has kind of adapted. I mean, earlier on in the season, they struggled uh, to grind out results. A couple of tweaks here and there. And I think the sign of the season um, in, in Diaz, which, you know, just kind of turned around the defence, got them organised, but certain players, individuals have kind of collectively worked together and turned the ship around and City just do what they do best, able to engineer, uh, get themselves in a position and a direction to kind of see out the league and without no competition, really. Um, Guardiola, again, working his magic. Fantastic to them for the win it again. Um, can't say nothing more. More plaudits going to Guardiola and the players. Morris and Foden, they're, they're, they're the two that I think stood up when, when it needed to be. Sterling was having a bit of a shaky season and, and Foden obviously really, really arrived this season and made himself like a main man for Man City at that age of, what's he, 20? Um, yeah, and then Morris cost a lot of money, by far his best season this season. In all competitions, I think he was strong. But yeah, yeah, that, yeah that's it on City, but yeah, fantastic. Yeah, and I just want to just note out there was a point in that that time where you know shaky part for Man City when they lost De Bruyne and kind of Gundogan kind of stepped up to the plate, kind of took over the De Bruyne mantle and chipped in away with the goals and was able to be consistent for that three four month period, which played an integral part to Man City's winning the league. So I just want to give props to Gundogan for that period of time, kind of being able to show what he's capable of because he's always been injury plagued. And I think to kind of show this season that he can play a number of games and perform to the level that is required of a Man City player, props to him. But yeah, congratulations to Man City. Obviously, when Manchester United finished in second, but I got to be impressed with Liverpool. Um, Liverpool finished in third, um, able to qualify. I mean, I mean, did you ever think that Liverpool are going to be able to get back into the, the top four considering the start they've had this season and the problems that they've incurred, obviously, them being champions from last season? Uh, did anyone think that they're going to get the top four? Uh, yeah, me personally, um, I'd have to say that there was always, uh, I wouldn't even say a confidence, I'm not a Liverpool fan, but yeah, I, I never really doubted them uh, to make the top four. And that's only due to the fact that this is the same side that got to two Champions League finals, won one of them, won the league, um, also won the Club Super Cup. I understand you've got a massive player out, um, Virgil van Dijk. A number of players. Yeah, Yeah, but this is the thing. Then they added up. You you had more players every week, it seems. Liverpool were getting an injury. But the quality of the players that they are still able to bring in is higher than a lot of other teams. And the system that he implements, yes, by design, you need certain players to play a certain way, but it's stifling anyway. If Liverpool are able to click and get in gear, the way they play, to me, if you shift out Mane, of of course, he's a fantastic player. Salah, the same. But if you shift them out, maybe you brought in Shakira or whatever. If If it's working that day, the way that they try and enforce their game onto opposition... I think it's only a matter of time that Liverpool get through that door. And yeah, um, I just looked at them and I thought there's too much strength in that team and too much quality in that team for them to miss out. It it would have been a real shock for me to see Liverpool outside the top four this season, even with the injuries, because then to me, serious questions would have to be asked of Liverpool in regards to the reliance on certain individuals. And as we all know, we have squads for a reason. Liverpool aren't a small club. They're, they're, they're a massive club. And to say your captains, I understand, Vir, um, sorry, Virgil van Dijk, absolutely fantastic player. You've missed your captain. Um, you've missed standing captains at points. You've had one of your best 
players having to play in a, um, um, I wouldn't even say an unfamiliar position to him because he played there before. I'm talking Fabinho. Fabinho. Yes, but yeah. when it comes down to it, partnership, it? But, yeah, but for the balance of your team, you want to have somebody like that in the middle of the park. It's the most important area of the field. But once again, Mo Salah, for all uh, the detractors from his performances, I mean, the dark arts and things like that, we'll, we'll come away from that. We'll just look at what is there on paper. He does his job. And once again, this year, Liverpool may not have finished top of the league, but he's been fantastic. And I think that's really helped the fact that he's been able to keep up that level because Mane hasn't been at it the same way he was. Um, Salah's numbers always remain, it seems. And yeah, I think that's been a massive, massive uh, boost for them that he was able to kind of maintain that over this difficult period. And I think that's definitely affected the fact that they've got into this top four. Yeah, me, me, me with Liverpool, I mean, I I, I kind of doubted that they were going to get there, to be honest. I, I didn't think it was as sewn up as Klopp said that they like, we need a miracle to finish. I, I didn't think, I didn't agree with that personally. The injuries obviously affected them. They It was coming, to be honest. I thought they play that same team for basically three years, like, they never had any real injuries. Um, and now it just all come at once. And they dealt with it in the end. Obviously, you look at the end table, they finished third. You would say, like, oh, where was the crisis? You know what I mean? But the t- two guys that came in, the two young centre-backs, like inexperienced guys, they, they, did a, they did okay, to be honest. Like, it was a point more their problem was scoring goals. It wasn't actually the defending. Whether that meant because maybe they had certain people missing in the field as well. Maybe it was the first time that we questioned the front three's form. Jota came, added to it and kind of stepped up where the others kind of weren't earlier in the season. And then he got injured as well um, because he was on his way to kind of be in the of the season. And then he got injured as well. There was questions of Firmino, who I rate for the job that he does for Liverpool is so important. It's crucial. Crucial what he does, that role as centre forward, false nine, whatever you call it, it allows Mane and Salah to get in the areas that they do. Um, and even the fullbacks, the fullbacks didn't have great seasons. Um, I think Alexander Arnold had a terrible start, terrible start, um, but he started to regain it towards the end. And, and they've been a big part of what they've done, obviously, in the last few years. I just before I finish on my piece, I just want to talk about Wijnaldum um, because it looks like he ain't going to sign the deal, so he's likely to move on. Um, I think Barcelona is his most likely destination I'm hearing, but he, he was like the symbol for Liverpool. He, he was that guy that perfectly played how Liverpool played, basically. All energy, he travelled with the ball in the field, broke things up, worked really hard for the team. Scored important goals at times as well. I remember that um, game, the comeback against Barcelona in the Champions League. He's a very good player. I don't know what you lot feel of him. I don't know what you feel of him, Dave. Um, but yeah. yeah, while he was here, he was at Newcastle, obviously. And then he got his move to Liverpool and he, he just took it through the roof, to be honest. And, and yeah, I, I feel they will miss him. Yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll move on from it. But I think they, they will miss him for a for a couple of months. I think they'll feel that effect of not having it, but I think they'll be fine, to be honest. Yeah, I, I think with uh, Wijnaldum, I think he's such an important player to Liverpool, especially the success that Klopp's had over the last couple of seasons. He's been that important player, him and Henderson and Fabinho in that middle of the park. Um, it's going to be interesting to see who they can get, if he does go, uh, potentially to Barcelona, who they can get in terms of... Um, of a replacement, it's not going to be easy, but, you know, he's been a fantastic servant for Liverpool. Um, but again, again, Klopp, you know, I think he's kind of saved the season now, finishing the back in the Champions League. And now I think he needs to kind of rebuild this squad and ship a few players and see what they can do for the upcoming season. Um, well, obviously Chelsea just pipping it in the end for fourth. Um, Leicester City finishing fifth again, missing uh, out on the Champions League. Um, do you think it's a mentality thing for Brendan Rodgers and Leicester City? Or is it just they're not good enough to get into the top four? 
Um, not, 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 they're not good enough. I, I feel they've earned it, to be honest, but I guess you don't earn it unless you actually make it. Um, but for the last two seasons, the amount of time that they spent in the top four, I feel a bit sorry for them, to be honest. Um, but they've won a cup this season, so they, they, they've had their little glory moment. They're going to be disappointed, but they're heading in the right direction. And I maybe only see one player under threat of, of leaving, and I'd probably say that's indeed. Um, so I think they'll they'll strengthen and and they'll come again. So I think they'll be fine. Three, um, Leicester. I think they'll be fine. At the end of the day, it's disappointing to see them not make it again. Um, the entertainment values there with them, honest team. But I think that's why you know they'll be there again. All the money solutions, they don't really matter. With them, they find their own solutions. And and the, the, I believe they'll continue to do that. Yeah, I totally agree. I think Leicester City, I think the problem with them is that they have an issue uh, in terms of their, their strength and depth. Like, you know, they kind of got to the Europa League this season, had a depleted squad, players in and out injured, but they were able to adapt um, at certain points certain players that, you know, were missing vital to them, Madison. But I think it's going to be difficult for Leicester to keep a hold of their, uh, you know, their star players. Some players were looking to play in the Champions League. will be disappointed that they're playing in the Europa League again. But I think winning the FA Cup is a bit of a bittersweet moment for Leicester City. Um, Rodgers, again, uh, you know, he's got this team consistent in the conversation for the top four. And, you know, maybe next season they might, uh, third time lucky. But, um, who will, time will tell. But, you know, I've got to give a shout out to David Moyes. You know, West Ham, I think, have had an unbelievable season. Um, Moyes last season, you know, just escaping the relegation zone and to turn this this West Ham team into a team that's got into the top six with all the competition around them. It's a fantastic performance. And then we got we got Tottenham finishing seventh. I thought I'd leave this one for you, Rem. You know, we go with Kane and Tottenham. Where do they go from here? Um, what well, a disappointing season from the way it started under Mourinho. Obviously, my views on him, I, I it's nothing personal. I just never thought he was suited for us. I didn't think we had the right. We're not just the right club. I think um, the ambition is there. That's the only thing that, as I said, if I look at it from league's point of view, Poch did so much work, and now Mourinho to take over and and. and Get these guys over the line as winners, but it wasn't as easy as that. The rebuild he ignored, which Poch said, I feel he should have done. And we've all the effects of that. The signs in the season early on were, were okay. We were top at one point. And then around Christmas, I think we went to Anfield and we lost that game, a game that I thought we didn't deserve to lose. We lost that game and it went downhill from there. We had that crazy West Ham match where we were 3-0 up. And I think that, that, kind of haunted us for the rest of the season where we just didn't want to be brave enough when we were in front, when we were 1-0 ahead and there were so many games like Palace away, Wolves away, where we just surrendered ourselves almost and and were asking to concede. And once we concede, then we'd try and score up the other end. We were too reactive. We didn't know how to manage matches. I said this from two months in. My worry could be people talking about, oh, Tottenham going to finish the top four, Tottenham going to do something great. My huge worry was defensively and, and more importantly, in a way, is, is our game management. Our game management was shocking, absolutely shocking. And Harry Kane won the Golden Boot and Playmaker of the Season award, which they made now, um, with the most assists. Unbelievable season from him personally carried us and I never want to call us a one-man team but that was the definition almost I mean Sun did back him up very well as well but Harry at one point he was everywhere our early months of the season this guy was in defence at certain times um, and obviously the talk has come out that he wants to leave and obviously they put it out there that he wants to leave I don't think he actually said he wants to leave but if the opportunity came up he would like the opportunity to go, um, which I understand. I understand his frustration because as fans, we, we get the frustration. Um, 
what is going to happen, whether he's going to be sold, or say someone's going to have to bid for him, and Harry's going to cost you a lot of money, man. Harry ain't going for cheap. So if Man City, Man United, or he can't go Chelsea, that's a crime. Um, Man United, I think that would be a stupid step for him. Um, yeah, I agree. But Man City is, is is the place where the only place where you're guaranteed to win anything. To be honest, the Premier League is a tough league, and the cups aren't easy. Um, there are teams that don't take them so seriously, and obviously they've got distractions of Europe and where they are in the league and and stuff like that come into play. Like, but Man City, you're guaranteed you're going to win something, at least two trophies. So, yeah, I, I think how much of the blame do you? How much of the blame do you do you do you do you, do you place on Levy for the for the way Tottenham have been have on been on the decline since Poch and now obviously Mourinho? It seems that he's played an integral part to or downfall. Yeah, well, I don't want to go on forever because I'll take over the whole episode about this. Um, mm. But if you look at it timeline wise, we got to the Champions League final on the back of two transfer windows not spending any money, which is. Breaking a record, a record that you don't want to be honest. Um, and we somehow still finished in the top four. We got to a Champions League final somehow. And I said it, I I, I might have said, I don't want to make myself sound like a genius. I think I might have said it maybe even before, even Potch said it, that there are players here that need to start going. We've outgrown some of these players as a club. Eric Dyers, Eric Lamella just weren't consistent enough in fitness and performances. Um, Dyer had been finished, in my opinion, for about a year, two years before the Champions League final. There was there was contracts running out for Tongans, Alderweireld, Ericsson. Ericsson asked to leave after the final. As a chairman, make your decision. Stop looking for to scrape money in as much as you can make. Do what's important for the club to move on. And that, in my opinion, was if Ericsson did ask to leave, it's fine, Ericsson. We understand. Like it, you're, you're not from England. You want to move around. You want to move to another country, win the trophies or whatever. You want to try it out somewhere else. That's fine. Sell him. Move him on as early as you can, and get money in for him. He was on the last year of his contract anyway, and 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 recoup. Toby Alderweireld. If he says he doesn't want to sign at this moment, and the manager says, you know what, I can afford to let him go and, and bring someone in. Then do it. Jan Vertonghen, I think Jan Vertonghen, we could have, out of them, been the one that we could have stuck with and just let him get to the end of his contract. It's fine. Um, so, yeah, Levy holds. His decisions have been shocking. Then Poch was in 14th. He, he sacked him. I believe he shouldn't have sacked him. I believe he earned the right to rebuild, to have a chance to rebuild, to have a chance to fight through this, no matter where we finish. I would have kept him, to be honest, but Levy didn't look at it like that. Whether you want to say he panicked or whether he was looking for this opportunity to go and get Mourinho because he wanted to work with Mourinho or, or have Mourinho at one of his clubs or at Tottenham. Um, yeah, so he sat in, brought in Mourinho, I didn't think suited us. Um, as I said, if I want to look at it from, from a fair point of view and maybe his point of view, as I said, taking over a guy that's, that's, that's took us so far and this guy can get us over the line. He's a natural winner. Yeah, um, I, I understand that, but um, it just hasn't worked. And in the end, he set Mourinho and I just want to give a quick shout to Ryan Mason, 29 years old, um, and he managed to get us seventh in the end. And importantly, I think more importantly than finishing in Europe to be honest, finishing on Bob Arsenal. So, yeah. yeah, next season's massive for us. Yeah, I mean, at least you've got that bragging rights with Arsenal, uh, finishing above them, but moving on to Arsenal in eighth place, out of Europe for the first time in 25 years. The floor is yours, P. Where's it all gone wrong? It's all been going wrong for a long time, to be honest. Um, I remember when Wenger was still at the club, being called deluded or I just love Wenger. Uh, because I wasn't one of the ones vilifying him and trying to just get him out the door instantly. I said, this guy's done a lot for our club. If anything, well, it comes down to the fact that the expectation level is so high because of 
his achievements. The grass isn't always green, and we've seen that now. Um, I said at the time, we will see when he goes what, what the real issue was. But I did believe from then there was a cancer in the club that would only spread. And I think that was something that um, was justified in saying. It doesn't matter which manager we get in. It doesn't matter what players we bring in. We can improve. We can worsen. But things will never be right at our club until Kroenke is out. And yeah, um, to not be in Europe once again, it's nothing you want for your team in the grand scheme of things, as in we're talking financial gains and things like that. But with Arsenal, I believe we need to concentrate on other areas. Being in Europe is a distraction. It's the fact that the possibility of getting to the big time, but not being big time. Yeah. You, you, in any craft, to get to the top, you, you put years of dedication and years of work behind it. Arsenal need to work towards being at the top again. Not just getting a quick fix one year, getting a cash influx, and then hoping to maintain. If we build ourselves back to the level, even if we missed out on it, just like Leicester, Leicester have missed out, but look how close they were once again this year. I know they've missed out again, but the fact that they were that close to getting it, it shows that what they built, that's sustainable. When you don't build, it isn't. Can, can, can Arteta do that? Do you think, are you confident that he can do that? I believe so, but I, I do believe it, the way football is nowadays, people don't want to give anybody time. And I look at our team, there's still players that have been there from the Wenger Emery errors where I said at the time, these players aren't good enough. The, the, when Wenger was there, I said, there's so much dead wood at this club, it's unbelievable. And we've managed to get out quite a lot of them, but there's still a lot of it just remaining. So hopefully he's able to filter out and get in what he needs. If after that, you give him everything the, the man wants and it doesn't go your way, then it's on him. Or it didn't go right, but Essentially, if you do half the job for the individual and you give them half the tools they need, you're never going to get that perfect job. It's just like any craft, any craft around the world, a surgeon. You give them tools that aren't to the level required for the job that they're performing, you're not going to get the same quality. So, yeah, there, there needs to be back in for him or any manager that comes in, doesn't matter who it is at the club, there needs to be backing. At the same time, I all I, I feel as long as Kroenke's in, in power, in this position he holds, then we're in trouble. And this may become a regular occurrence. Right, um, I'll just quickly go through the rest of the table. Um, ninth and tenth, making up the top ten of the was Leeds and Everton. Leeds, the first promoted side since Ipswich to finish in the top 10. 11th was Aston Villa, who had a much improved season um, in their second consecutive season in the Premier League. Newcastle, in the end, finished 12th, followed by Wolves, who had a disappointing season, finishing in 13th. And ultimately, Nuno has agreed to leave. That was his last game against Manchester United. Dave, what do you think? Um, about Nuno because I know earlier in the season when he was frustrated with Oli a bit his name came up from your mouth as, as, as a possible replacement so if you want to quickly just let us know what your feelings of, of Nuno leaving the Premier League and his time here Yeah I think Nuno's done a brilliant job to get West, to get Wolves where they were brilliant run in the Europa League last season very good organised structured, structured manager got the best out of his players um, it'd be sad to see him go, you know, and I know I wanted him at United. I still think he would do a good job at United, but um, hopefully he goes off to passes new. But yeah, I mean, it's going to be a big miss for Wolves. Um, but all the best to Nuna. Yeah, I was a little surprised about that one still. And another guy we have to say goodbye to, who finished, um, his side finished 14th. That was Crystal Palace and Roy Hodgson has retired. P, Roy Hodgson, a great career, I think, personally. But what do you feel about Roy's impact? I mean, firstly, I'd like to say thank you 
to Roy for his dedication to the game. Um, it's come down to, I mean, illustrious career. Malmo, domination with them. To being at Inter Milan at the height of the Serie A, uh, being one of the best leagues in the world. I mean, now you look at Palace, uh, what he's done with them. I mean, Fulham. Yeah, Fulham, yeah, fantastic run all the way to um, the, the final. The final, yeah, Europa League, yeah, yeah, the um, UEFA Cup at the time. Um, but I mean, with Roy, it's just one of those things where you look at it and it's been a—you'd have to say it's been a good journey. You can look back on his whole journey and you'd be like, "What a ride!" For for a man who came from Malmo originally, like to get to Inter Milan anyway, England job. Yeah, it, sorry, inter, uh, sorry, I didn't end well, but forgot to mention the England job. But I mean, they're the highs. Um, getting to those sort of points, and as I said, you, you initially started off with Malmo. I know they've um, the same kind of thing with Oli. It's like that those kind of Scandinavian countries. They're not kind of in the grand scheme of things looked at the same as yeah, the, the, big, the, the big reputation. Yeah, the the reputation uh, translating that into taking on one of the bigger top five kind of mm. leagues. But he did it. He went from there. He brought himself to um, Italy, then back to Prem, England. And I mean, you, nothing but respect for the man. To have a dedication to a cause for that long, it, it is, yeah, it's, it's astounding, to be honest, because it's, we have to be honest. None of us are football managers, and we know, even without being in the position, it's a pressurised job. There's a lot of things that go on to, yeah, to just be that consistent for that amount of time. Hats off to the man. Congratulations, Roy, and hope he enjoys his retirement. Yeah, shout out to Roy, man. Um, the man had him on the front lines during COVID. Uh, yeah, nah, and, and at his age, he should have been hibernating like that. So shout out to Roy. Um, yeah, respect to Roy, man. Um, 15th was Southampton who earlier on in the season started well and they were up there and this um, 2021 has been shocking for Southampton Brighton under the impressive Graham Potter finished 16th I just want to say something that sticks out uh, goal difference of minus 6 so shout out to Brighton because I think if they had a striker they would be finishing much higher than 16th. Just above the relegation zone, but comfortably staying in the league was Burnley, who I've heard are going to keep Sean Dyche. Sean Dyche is going to stay and finally will be given some sort of cash. And dear Lord, let them get relegated next season, please. That's a bit harsh. Um, but now I, I think Sean deserves that man. And hopefully he can... Dash, I agree. Uh, I have to credit the man for the job he's doing with them. But Burnley... They don't deserve him. I, I, yeah, they don't. That's, <laughs> yeah, no, honestly, it. that's my opinion. I look at them and I'm just like, investment in your club. But they've been taken over now. That's fine. But even in the time he's been there, they shouldn't be at the same stage. Yeah, yeah. He, I look at teams... He's doing we, we're looking at teams that have been in the club Sorry, in the league, less years than them. Wolves bypass them instantly, and and you you have to look at it, and you're just like, I know there's a way, there's there's your morals, there's the things that you stand on, and you want to kind of run your club this way. But we're we're dealing with the modern game. You can be modern with your values, mm. and you have to inject money into the modern game mm. to to survive and be competitive. This man has done wonders to keep them in the league once again. He's done wonders. And I mean, look, we'll, you look at the table, it's 11 points difference. But then you look at the money they've spent and then look at Fulham the year they came up. Burnley don't make half of that investment. And they're 11 points clearer than That's credit to the man. But then in the same way, I would say no disrespect to any Burnley fans out there. I mean, your club's your club. They just ran it the way it is. I know it's not your fault, but I would kind of say shame on them for the fact that he's doing this and you're not really giving him the tools to develop his plan or whatever he's doing with them. Yeah. Um, and then the relegation teams, as we know, in the order of 18th was Fulham, West Brom in 19th, and rock bottom was Sheffield United. We know two of the teams that will be playing 
replacing three of those teams um, in Norwich and Watford. And we'll find out the third team um, in the same day as the Champions League final is between Brentford and Swansea to see who comes up and makes that third team in the Prem. So that's the table reviewed and the season. Now let's talk a little bit of fun team in the season. Dave, you want to go first or, or or me or what are you saying? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go with my team. Um, yeah, I think t- goalkeeper, it's got Emmy Martin has been so impressed with him since his move to Arsenal. I think Arsenal were crazy to get rid of him. The amount of clean sheets he's He's had at Villa. He stabilised that Villa team. Um, he's done really well. Um, right back, uh, Kufal, outstanding. Great signing from West for West Ham. Been really good. Uh, good player. In the middle, Ruben Diaz has transformed Man City. You know he's had that much of an impact, similar to what Van Dijk had with uh, with Liverpool. He's just a monument and he's a, he's a defender that loves to defend and he's a leader of men. And he's one of the reasons why Man City's defence has been rock solid. Um, next to him, even though I didn't really want to say it, I've got to put Maguire in there because Maguire for me, <laughs> I don't even know why I'm saying it, but I've got to put Maguire in there because he's been, he's important to our team. He's, defensively, he's, a, he's solid. He's starting to kind of justify his, his, his page, his pay sum. Um, coming for 85 million from Leicester, it's a solid performance. So I think he, you know, him, him in there gets a shout out. Left back, there's only one player, Luke Shaw. What a season! I was always worried about Luke Shaw whether or not he can be able to play the season without any injuries, but his performance week in week out has been nothing short of fantastic. Consistently playing at a high level, and he's the best England left back and the best left back in the Premier League. He's done really well, Sean. Every game and credit to it's a credit to the Man United team, and it's one of the reasons why we finished second this season in the midfield. I got to put Bruno in there only because of his goal contribution and, and the goals that he scored, maybe through penalties. And but he's, he's just such an influential player for Man United. And without him, you take Bruno out of the team, I don't think we finish. Um, as, as comfortable as we did in second place and the goals and his contribution his influence on the team is next to none, next to none and um, alongside of him I've got to put in there I've got to put I've got to put in uh, Gundogan I'm really impressed with Gundogan this season he stepped up to the plate there's been times this season where you know De Bruyne has been injured they needed a man to come in and do the job and for a f- three four month period he's been sensational scoring goals still keeping uh, keep him fresh inj- you know you know the problems with his injuries in the past and now that's put to the side he's been consistently performing at a high high level I think Gundogan's best season at the club um, got to put Foden in there as well I think you know he's waited his opportunity I know Silva left last season he's coming what a breath of fresh air he's been to Man City and you know I think he's going to be an, a, a quality player for years to come you know, he can drift from the left, drift from the right. He's such an integral part of this team and he, he's got youth on his side as well and it can only benefit Man City in England. But Mares on the left, again, I think it's been his best season. Stepped up massively. Such an influential figure to uh, City's team and I've really, really loved the fact that he's, he's coming, he's coming and done a job and he's scoring goals and adding it to his game. Um, up front, I've got to put Harry Kane. Harry Kane single-handedly has been carrying Tottenham Hotspurs this season. When they've been poor, he's been there scoring goals. He's just a world-class striker. Um, and I think Tottenham are going to find it very difficult to match his ambitions and keep him at the club. He deserves... A player like that can't end his career without winning any trophies. And unfortunately, I know, I know Rem, you're a Tottenham uh, fan and all that. I know, but I've got, I got to put it out there. He deserves to win trophies. Um, alongside of him, I got to put in there my Cavani. Cavani for me is, you know, spe- it's been fantastic. <laughs> Your man United love team boy. Yeah, I got to put Cavani in there because he's been one of the bright sparks of this United team. But it's just been fantastic. But I got to put an honourable me- message to Bamford. Bamford has come into the league, you know, Leeds and Bielsa. 
has done a fantastic right. job. Se- 17 goals. I mean, they signed Rodrigo, and I thought Rodrigo had been there, you know, with the reputation that he had to come in and do a job. But, but you know, Bielsa stuck with Bamford, and Bamford, you know, ex-Chelsea player, has come in and banged in the goals when it's when it's mattered. And, he, you know, goals keep teams up. You create opportunities, and he's taking them chances, and that has kind of contributed to why Leeds have stayed up and finished as high as they have this season. Um, but that's my that's my like obviously team of the season. I know obviously people feel there's a United heavy, but it is what it is. All right, uh, no, fantastic. Uh, um, I'd like no, to. No, no, shit. I mean, he's got his opinion. <laughs> At the end of the day, fantastic to hear it. No, it's nice because you see different angles and you see where people are coming from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You actually think like about why they may have made And this is this is not obviously we ain't some experts. This is not certain. This is just what we see. Yeah, what, what, what we, we see. observe yeah, and yeah. what we feel is right. Um yeah I'd have to agree. Uh Emmy Martinez, I mean I was devastated that he left the club. I mean I told you whoever oh boy era. I don't think it was Artel. I don't think Arteta just said, you know, I'm happy for him to go. I think it's the situation that the club put themselves in, the wages that we've offered Leno and things like that, the, the climate that it is now, will somebody pay the money for Leno mm-hmm. and the wages? So, yeah, it came down to financial um, reasons and it's not worked in our favour. He's been, for me, by far, a uh, keeper of season. Fantastic year for him. Kufau, once again, I'd like to second that. Been brilliant for West Ham. I mean, recommended by, was it Suchek? I believe actually recommended him to the club. And yeah, uh, he said this guy is just non-stop and that's it. He's been non-stop. Brilliant player, uh, just honest player. And they're the sort of people that I think a lot of clubs need. A lot of clubs in the modern game look for the big stars, the names and things like that. But you can always find these gems who are honest footballers. And that first and foremost is the platform you need. So, yeah, uh, big shout out to him. Diaz, as you said, I would have to second that once again. He's been fantastic for City. Really uh, brought confidence through that back line. Um, I'd like to give a special mention to Stones, though, because a lot of people have been on his back over the recent years. And I think he partnered quite well with him. I think when given or, or when you have that confidence in the person alongside you, you see a bit better, you see a bit more of him come out but then testament to Diaz giving him that kind of assurance. Was he a person? But... No. Oh. Uh, he, he had a very good year, but uh, once again, I'd have to go away from um, completing a Man City partnership. And in my personal opinion, I would put Rudiger there. Uh, oh. I know he, he has his moments, but like any defender. Well, Lampard, you didn't really play too much. Yeah, Lampard yeah. showed him no but love. Lampard, not too much. But once he's come in, too the quality much. has been there to see. I mean, their performances alone defensively have been fantastic. But I think you see, he looks, when, when he looks to go in for the ball, I feel very confident in it. There's things that you, he looks assured in doing, but it comes with confidence as well. And I think the fact that Tuchel come in and showed that, yeah, that I believe in you. He's able to perform to that higher level. I mean, we, yes, we are going for team of the season, so he didn't play that much. But as you can only do what you're allowed to do. And in his performances, the time that he's been he with Tuchel, the yeah. they've been absolutely fantastic. Mm. It's like that, that, that light bulb moment for Chelsea this year. Mm. And he's been involved in that. Luke Shaw, once again, I would uh, second that again. Uh, left back since he's been at United I didn't think he was going to hit these levels again I thought he was finished I thought he needed to go and find a new challenge to try and rediscover his kind of form but definitely knuckled down this year he looks a lot fitter to me as well he looks hungry yeah he looks hungry but then is that well it's testament to him the fact that um, Teller is coming and I think that really kind of woke him up and said you know what if I want to stay at United then I need to buck up my ideas because this guy will take my place. He's not any Joe Blog off the bot. So, yeah. Uh, shout out to um, Luke Shaw this year. Um, my formation would be a 4 3 3. So, uh, yes, Gundawan, once again, absolutely fantastic year. He's really uh, stepped up to the plate and made a big difference for City this year when needed 
I said in the previous episode about Aguero not playing so much, other players needed chipping, other ideas needed to be found. He's been one of the solutions. So um, definite shout out to him. Once again, I know, Dave, you might think this sounded very similar to your team, but you can't take the man out of any team, in my opinion. And that's Bruno Fernandes. Absolutely fantastic player. Absolutely fantastic player for not always my cup of tea for the dark arts and things like that. And But you know what? Wonderful footballer and his numbers do not lie. Always involved. Always the threat on the pitch when United play. Yeah, especially from Penny's. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> he's, he's, he's helped every man in the fantasy league as well. Listen, you've accumulated hella points. So you can't complain about Bruno, man. Uh, I'll, I'll give it to Bruno. Now, it may be an attack-heavy team, but you know what? I'm an attacker. So, Remy, I've been saying to you for a while, Mason Mount is a fantastic footballer. And I think this year, everyone's starting to see it even more. They're starting to appreciate the little things he does. For me, initially, I just used to see him and it was the intelligence of his movement. <clears throat> he play a pass and it's the next point he picks up. He doesn't even receive the ball sometimes, but there's a reason why he picked up that position. And he's just grown in confidence, grown in confidence. And every week to me, he's at least a seven. The guy is a very, very good footballer. And yeah, I, I really enjoy watching him play. And my front three, I'm going to try and uh, just breeze through them because I think they're, for me anyway, self-explanatory. Um, on the left, I mean, it's difficult because you wouldn't really want to shoehorn anybody in. But um, Mohamed Salah, once again, numbers-wise, absolutely fantastic. You can't knock the man. Hasn't had uh, the great season with Liverpool, but on his own individual level, you actually look at it, it hasn't been too much different from normal Salah. Second salary, yeah, it hasn't been too too different from normal Salah. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be strange to people, but I'm going to shoot horn him in on the left this year. And that's simply for the fact that I have to put me at Riyad Mahrez on that right-hand side. He's been sensational for me. One of the players of the season, uh, if not City's best player this year. Absolutely sensational. I mean... Flashes of the Le the Leicester importance to the team in a Man City team. That's special. The things he does that it's hard to replicate. And I mean, it's it, it's it's been nice to watch him get back to that level of importance again. Because when he was at Leicester doing it, it was a joy to watch. And seeing him playing week in, week out, and yeah, just developing his craft, brilliant. And then yeah, I mean, it hates me. <laughs> I mean, sorry, I hate to say it, but. Harry Kane, wonderful, absolutely wonderful. You have to give it to the man. Absolutely sensational footballer. He's been doing it for years now. It's not a fluke. And this year, once again, I think he's just proven that he's outgrown Tottenham. There was a period, <laughs> no, but there was a period where he came in and they were a developing team themselves. So you could respect the fact that his numbers is, is something nobody expected Tottenham to be doing the things they were doing at the time. So the fact that he's doing what he is doing is part of the anomaly. But then there came a thing that you know this isn't a fluke anymore with Harry Kane. He's expecting this team to not be a fluke either. And I'm not saying Tottenham Hotspur's performances have been a fluke. They haven't. But when it comes down to it, you can't have somebody performing at this level and his team one week can beat Manchester United 6-2 or 7-2. I can't remember what the score was earlier in the season. Ridiculous scoreline. Yeah, no, yeah. 6-1. I can't remember yeah, like it was Ridiculous yesterday. scoreline. But then they'll lose the simplest of games. And it's like they, they give the incentive to the other teams. And the thing is, with a player like Harry Kane, he's hungry. Hungry. And that hunger doesn't just stop at goals. He's hungry for trophies. Just like anybody that is at that level should be. And I think it's time that he leaves Tottenham and... Yeah, they probably sign Robert Earnshaw. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> right. Um, right, off that bullshit. Um, I'll name my team. Martinez is in goal again. Um, it's a 4-2-3-1 I've gone with. Sufal is my right back. 
Um, you lot have already put him in as well. Another one that you lot have put in is Diaz. My centre back partner for Diaz, I've gone with Johnny Evans. Um, yeah, shout out Johnny, man. Johnny's still soldiering through. I think he's something mad, like he's only 30 or something, which is yeah, impossible. Yeah, mad. That's, nah, I think that's but anyway, he shout, probably held back a couple of years in school. Shout out to Evans. Um, my left back is Luke Shaw. Um, yeah, Ollie's brought his career back because Jose murdered it. Um, Shaw brought Shaw's career back. Let's get that right. All right, yeah, let's give him a shout out for that. Um, my two centre mids are you lot have named him as well, Gundawan. Um, I was thinking to go with another Leicester player and put Needy in there. Um, but I thought, do you know what? I've appreciated this guy so much this season. If I left him out, I'd have been a bit of a hater. Um, because he was Chelsea, and that's Mason Mount. Um, yeah, as I said, impressed with him every time I watch him. Um, and in my number 10 position, which I feel is a crime because none of you put him in your team, and that's Kevin De Bruyne. On the right-hand side, I've gone with Rafinha from Leeds. I think he's a bad boy. Yeah, he's a good shot. Reminds me of yeah. Di Maria. The way very he plays, much so, very much so. um, mm. his touch is fantastic. His his, his dribbling, his work rate. Um, I think his fearlessness to he, try he, things. Yeah, he's, he's been one of the signs this season for me. Um, unbelievable man! Like I could watch him all day. Front three is the front three that I would like to see at Spurs actually, because on the other side I've got Hyunmin Son. I think it's his best season for Spurs. Um, he did have a little quiet period. But I felt it would have been wrong to not name him in the team. Um, and obviously, striker is simple. The Golden Boot winner, Playmaker Award winner, Harry Kane. Which does bring me on to my player of the season, which is Harry Kane. Um, Diaz was definitely a shout. Um, but I think the fact that Harry won the Golden Boot and got the most assists as a Tottenham fan I think I have a right to name it's not biasedness I think I have a right to name him as um, my player of the season my young player of the season fairly easy could have easily gone not easily gone to my team obviously but I was debating whether to put him on my team in the season that was Phil Foden simple no arguments can be made in my eyes um Unbelievable footballer, can go all the way to the top, can be whatever he wants to be. His touch, his work rate as well, um, his technique. He's, he, I think he's best out on that left, personally. I had this conversation about Jack playing for England and, and, and Foden. I think Foden, the way it was heading, he was going to be a big part of the season for City after um, January. And I think he was always going to have more games to impress. And obviously Jack got injured in the end anyway, because I think, oh, and Sterling, once Foden started getting the team ahead of Sterling, you might as well put out Sterling for England. It still might happen, don't get me wrong. Southgate will probably go with what he knows. Um, But yeah, Phil Foden having the the rest of the games in the Champions League more more games to impress if you know what I mean and I think he has done that so I don't think there's any arguments so my player of the season Harry Kane my um, young player of the season is um, Phil Foden alright P go on um, you name your player of the season young player of the season uh, when it comes down to player of the season I definitely uh, no I shouldn't say definitely but um, just for the fact that they've won the league I think it has to go to Diaz um, I mean, he has helped uh, definitely in their team. Attack is never an issue; it's always defense. That's the weak point, mm-hmm. and for him to show that up, I mean, the importance of it massive to that side. They won the league, so yeah, I think it has to go his way. And then it will be another player from Man City for young player season. That's uh, Phil Foden, really coming to his own this year, uh, showing his quality, uh, been allowed to show his quality, and I think the sky's the limit for the left. Not not really a 
a contender other than him, is it? Zoe Saka. And no, Saka, Greenwood. No. Neto, yeah. Uh, players like that. I mean, they do their part. May not... Um, everyone's numbers may not match up because obviously positions they play and things like that. But you have to look at the age of these lads and the importance that they are having to their teams. Even Mason Mount. Mason Mount, I don't think, should be considered... Yeah, yeah, it's true, true, true. So, um, yeah, the importance that they they've um shown to their teams and the fact that they're able to even be in these teams alongside world class players is testament to them. So, yeah, they're all in for a shot. But for me, it's just Foden. The fact they've won the league, he scored some important goals, done really well this year. But Dave, you name your player of the season and young player of the season. Well, the young player of the season is quite simple. It's Phil Foden. He's emerged from the shadows. Um, brilliant, brilliant player. No more said about him. Um, player of the season, it's a tough one. There are loads of candidates. But um, for me, it's got to be the Mount Mountain, Diaz. He's led from example from the back. He's been a breath of fresh air for Man City. And he's an integral part of that team. So for that reason, he's kind of steered City to the title. So for that reason, he's my um, player of the season. Okay. Um, who wants to go at manager of the season first? I'll take the, I'll take the mantle here. Um, it's going to shock you a lot. Um, my manager of the season is going to be Bielsa. I think he's had a, such a difficult job to kind of take leads from the, from the championship to the Premier League. Um, the signings that he's made this season, Bamford, Rafinha, you know, players already in the team, Dallas, He's made it work. And I always think for a, uh, it's very important for a team who's, who's come up from the championship to be able to create opportunities and take those opportunities and be able to, you know, he's stuck to his methods. He's always, he's very, very um, positive in, in his approach. He believes in his players, but I always think it's integral for a team who's coming up from the championship to, to score goals. Because if you don't take your chances and score goals, like you've seen with the three teams that have been relegated, you know, you're going to go down. And I think for Leeds United this season, they've got someone in Bamford and who scored, who scored 17 goals this season in the Premier League is integral for survival. And this team's seen that you know, they've, they've been well-equipped. They've done very well against the top six. Um, they've, played, they've played really good football. They lose at football. home, innit? They've, they've built, they don't lose at home. They've, they've built, they've not, built not to the, none of the top six, they didn't lose at home, innit? Exactly, yeah. So, and Bielsa, you know, to get to the top, you know, top 10 in the first season in the Premier League, that's an, it's an impressive accomplishment. Um, and I think they can, they can build on that. I think they can go a little bit further. I mean, recruit well. Leeds are a well-run club. They've learned their lessons from the past. And as long as Bielsa can stay maybe for another season or two, um, get the players that they require, keep the, the players that they have, like Rafinha, um, I think they can progress. It was a good, good all-round performance from Bielsa. And I think it leads it. Have been fantastic this season, and Bielsa is the integral part of that reason. Yeah, um, very surprising, but not surprising to me because he's also my manager of the season. And yeah, for many of the same reasons as you, um, I think with the expansive style that they play, you always expect them to concede goals. But as you're saying, you need to score goals, and um, well, scoring goals wins football matches. When it comes down to it, that's his mantra. He's an attacking manager. And yeah, to be so entertaining, that's that's why I've given it to him. To come with a team who, obviously, you've just come up, but to be that entertaining, as entertaining as the top sides in the league and finishing the top 10, it's a fantastic achievement. I mean, they've had their blips along the way, which is to be expected. When you're playing that open, you, you may hold a hiding here or there. But... When it's come down to it, they, they've done what they've had to do. And uh, yeah, it's been, it's been a delight to have them back in the league. Really wanted them back in the league. And I'm glad that this is the leads that we've received. I hear what you say. Proper Premier um, League club. Yeah, proper. I'm going to go different from you two. I respect Josh Schultz. Um, so you're going to say Mourinho. I understand. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> Um, I understand them. I've gone with David Moyes, a guy who at the beginning of the season, to be honest, 
not not because I thought he deserved to be sacked, but I just thought that they were going to go in a different direction. I thought West Ham were going to sack him and replace him with Eddie Howe. I know that's a bit of a mad prediction, uh, but that that's what I thought they would do. I think the the fans never appreciated him. Maybe they'll appreciate him now. Um, and I think it's no surprise that West Ham have had their best season with no fans actually there, which is kind of sad to be honest. But yeah, as I said, man, I think it speaks for itself. They've achieved, they've overachieved more than anybody in the league. And um, yeah, I think now we're sitting at that, we're looking at that squad and, and you can go through the squad. Sue Fowl, brilliant signing. Their goalkeeper, Fabianski, is reliable. Um, they've tinkered with the partnership at the back a couple of times, but their solid ones are, are Dawson and, and um, Ogbona. Bona. Yeah, very good pairing. I think Cresswell has had probably his best season at left back. Um, Declan Rice and Suchek, unbelievable partnership. I think either of them players could have been in my team of the season. Bowen has, has stepped up this season and, and bulked himself up and looks like a proper Premier League player. For Nals, um, had a good season. Antonio, it's a problem in their squad, is, is, is what they need to sort out in the summer, and that is the striking department. Um, they had Halla earlier in the season. They sold him, and Antonio was doing a solo man mission. Did it very well. And at the January... Um, transfer window they did maybe the best bit of business that anyone's done bringing in Lingard and Lone I'm sure they would love to keep him whether that will happen or not I think David you might know more than me about that but I think um, yeah David Moyes is, is my manager of the season yeah, yeah do you definitely. want to say anything on that yeah, yeah I think the impact of Lingard um, halfway through the season was there to be told, you know, he was in the cold at United. He's come come to West Ham. He had that relationship with Moyes before, briefly, when he was at United. Yeah. He's come back and he's he's able to play football, enjoy football. The la- no pressure from, the, you know, the United. And he's had the off-field problems. He's come here. He's meshed well with the West Ham team and kind of helped re- his opportunities. And now he's got the rewards of getting West Ham to um, European football, but also getting himself back into the... Um, England team. It's a very good team. I do think, you know, next season, um, maybe they need a striker. Um, because I think Antonio, like I said, he one man mission and and 100%. the goals he scored. They need they need a striker to take to ease the burden because at times Antonio this season was kind of getting injured and you know they're kind of yeah. winging it and they kind of faltered a little bit, you know, towards the end, but you know, great game West Ham. Yeah. And I think we'll end the episode on just recapping the rest of Europe. Um, There's quite a few surprises in there, to be honest. We'll start with the one that maybe was the least surprising, um, or definitely was, was Bayern won the German League again. And the Champions League places are filled up by Leipzig. Dortmund, at one stage, it was a bit of a dicey situation whether they make it or not. they made it through and won a cup as well. Um, and the surprise in that league was Wolfsburg got back into the Champions League. Mm. Um, in Spain, Atletico won the league. Shout out to Luis Suarez, who left Barcelona, or Barcelona threw him out. Went to Atletico, won the league, and shout out to Kieran Trippier still, um, which ain't helping Harry's cause of Wanted to stay, seeing all his mates bloody win trophies. Um, Real, Barca, and Sevilla made up the rest of the Champions League places. Antonio Conte won the league, um, won Serie A. First time Juventus have been beaten in quite a while, I think. Um, and years, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, that's that's impressive from Conte. Um, enhances reputation. Um, Milan, Atlanta, and I believe it was a nervy final day, and Juventus squeezed into um, 
the Champions League places. And in France, um, we had Lille become champions. Pochettino's PSG made the Champions League. They finished runners-up, which is not what's expected from PSG. Mm. And Monaco will go into the Champions League playoffs. Um, yeah, so Dave, you want to talk us out? Yeah. Just want to say thank you to both P and and Rem for this episode. It's been a brilliant episode having a discussion about the review of the Premier League and the, uh, the rest of Europe and finally the players and managers are. Uh, I just want to say thank you for everyone and we'll be back again next week with another episode. Take care.